Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars. And this week, Goldie-looking chain. I think that anyone that denies the talents of disco music should be put down. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I feel backed into a corner here, but I I mean, yeah, I love disco music. I think it's awesome. Who who doesn't? Well, people do. A lot of people don't. I think I know that people in the early 80s didn't, but it was mainly a sort of, or a late 70s, I suppose. It was a reaction, wasn't it? Yeah, people were bored of it. I could see how it would get irritating. I mean,. The thing that tarred disco music for me a little bit was student nights in the 90s. What, with Afro wigs? Yeah, Afro, I know. Actually, yeah, sort of quite s- tiresome and very sweaty. But as I was well, just about to say exceptionally sweaty, and that was when you could still do indoor smoking, so it was that they yeah. used to come back smelling <laughs> absolutely appalling, like a sheep that had had cigarettes stubbed out on it. It was awful, awful, <laughs> awful. But that's not yeah. to denigrate disco music itself, which is excellent. Mostly, no. I absolutely love disco. If if I could, if I could go back to a time, you know, people always say, "Oh, if you could go back to an era, um, what would it be?" I'd say, "Well, I'd like to have been of going out age in disco, you know, like late say seventy six, being able to go out from seventy six to eighty. Well, yeah, but then are you saying you'd like to have been of going out age, but still where you grew up? Oh gosh, you always you always muddy the waters now, don't well, you? Well, no, just because what I think you're thinking of and I'm thinking of is Studio Fifty Four and the glory days well, of I, true I, disco in New York. Whereas, in fact, you're from Somerset, and I think that the disco scene may have been a little <laughs> different, as it would have been for me growing up in Cheshire. I think Not the disco so scene much... would have been delayed to the point where I would have yeah. been waiting for it and would have been. Hang on, I thought around seventy seven, seventy eight, disco was stronger. Oh no, it didn't come to Somerset until eighty two. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, because I was going to say, yeah, we we didn't get disco in Wilmslow until about 1984, but that's that's not true because we were sort of in the shadow of Manchester, which is obviously quite um, cutting edge when it comes to music. Yeah. And I remember as a teenager, in the height of uh, sort of baggy, and then into Manchester. Oh you know, uh, so yeah, it was, and and where sort of guitar music fused with dance music, and it all became more interesting. And so we, we'd got like the Stone Roses were already a thing, but also just lots of um, lots of other kind of bands that have been and gone. And the brief resurgence of flared trousers, oh yes, I, shirts. I do remember the the the, re, the renaissance of the the flares because a fashionable but, kid in our village who was a, a really talented skateboarder. Around the late, it would have been late eighties, eighty nine. He wore. Uh, he suddenly you can't wore, skateboard in flares. He, I mean, he, the arrow's all wrong. Surely it he skateboarded in corduroy flares, and we kind of wow. laughed at first, but little did we realise. Could you hear him coming? Because it would go. Oh yeah, there was some serious. It, you know, it's like a car on the motorway. It's yeah. usually around <laughs> summer when people it. are going on holiday, and someone's wrapped up something in a massive tarpaulin. <laughs> when they when they possibly didn't need to, and they what they don't realise is the paint of their car is being flailed for the entire journey, and they get to the destination, and the thing inside the bag is okay, but the roof is just primer of their car. Yeah. <laughs> it's just in primer. In fact, I saw a car on a trailer once that was wrapped in a tarpaulin, which is a really bad idea, listeners. You shouldn't do that. It's much easier to get it wet and then it dry really quickly. And, yeah, cars um, are generally pretty weatherproof, aren't they, if they've got the windows Well, even in. if they're not. I mean, I've had windowless cars, but you still would not put um, a tarp around it because the problem is the tarp acts as a very aggressive, abrasive slash flail mower when you get to about <laughs> 60 miles an hour. 
Um, I actually can't remember, <laughs> can't remember why I started talking. Come for the idle chat about flared trousers. Stay for the practical car transport advice. Yeah, do not tarp a car when you're on when you're trailering it. It's a bad idea. Um, or a suitcase on the roof of a car. I was going to say on the note of flares and paisley shirts and things that came with the sort of baggy thing. That that's because that all did start happening in in Manchester and in the northwest in eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah. And I remember in about 1990 going to see some friends of my parents in Nottinghamshire and they hadn't got any of these things. No. Like they, no, they felt no. like they were just sort of behind a bit. And, and I, it was the first time I went, oh, shit, actually, uh, we live quite close to a scene. A scene is happening under our noses and we don't even know it. Exactly. And, Fifteen, and there is no internet, and there's no internet. Yeah, and that's it. And it was all, but you know, there was once my mate Rob Jackson's older brother was walking down the street in Manchester in a Stone Roses T-shirt, and Ian Brown leant out of the back window of a limo and shouted "Hey" at him because he saw his T-shirt, and it was like the most exciting news we'd ever had, pretty much in history. <laughs> that's that's quite cool. I mean, it is. Quite I like cool, that. Yeah. I like that. I'm tr- I'm trying to think of if I've got an equivalent um, claim. Of course, we had a more we had a more authentic um, Mancunian experience when when we went up to Manchester for your birthday, the load of us to play um, Crystal Maze. Because remember, oh. we were walking down um, we were walking down Deansgate on the way to the Crystal Maze experience. Yes, do you remember this? And there was a, there was a guy at the traffic lights in a car with the windows down. He was playing music quite loudly, and that group of lads who were behind us, one of them just went, "Oi, knobhead, turn your music <laughs> down! It's shite." That's right. I forgot about that. Knobhead, knobhead like, is knobhead. So... I haven't heard knobhead for years. Well, since I moved away from near Manchester, I guess. But yeah, yeah knobhead in a Manx accent is a beautiful thing. Oi, it's very nasal, isn't it? Oi, yeah, knobhead. Oi, knobhead. That's great. I love that. I, for, I totally forgot about that. That was a very, very fun weekend. Gosh, it, it seems like a very long time ago. But that was it. Was that was the pure concentrated mank moment that made, I mean, it made me quite not homesick, but nostalgic for for the area that I grew up in. Because you don't, I've never heard anyone shout "I knobhead" at, uh, at a car at traffic lights in London. Do you listen to music that's um, centric around the area you grew up, though, and then get all dewy eyed? Or, or just for I generally get proud. Eye particularly, but yeah, well, kind of, yeah. Um, In the same way that, say, if I was Welsh, I would just constantly listen to the Manic Street Preachers, and, <laughs> um, even if it was a sunny, happy day, and stereophonics, yeah. even if it was a sunny, happy day. Yeah. yeah, I do. I mean, I do listen to a lot of Northwestern music, but just because Northwest makes lots of really good music. If I was just listening, to, like New Order, one of my favourite bands, they they had a new song out last week, which actually is a bit. Um, a mutual friend of ours, I was talking to him about it because he's really into music, and uh, and he described it perfectly. He said, we both agreed we quite liked the new New Order song, but that he said it sounds like it's modern New Order created by an algorithm because it's uh, just, it's got all the elements, like there's nothing really surprising about it. But they are still a fantastic band, and some bits of them do make me... Um, think of of like the northwest but i always get a bit when people go oh yeah the famous manchester band joy division who later became new order and you go mm, not true manchester band because two <laughs> of them are from salford and and the other two were from macclesfield oh, and macclesfield isn't even in greater manchester so you not, know no, no. macclesfield's near where i grew up so yeah uh, uh, but uh, also if you've ever been to macclesfield this is the second week in a row we've mentioned Macclesfield on the podcast because I mentioned it last week about Fred Dibner. But, um, yeah, if you ever go to Macclesfield, I think Joy Division makes a lot more sense, the sound of Joy Division, because it's the sound of a sort of small, formerly industrial town. I was going to say it's the downtrodden de- but um, nestling a- a- industrial on the edge. revolution town, isn't it? Yeah, from, sort of all the, the old, 70s. old... Yeah, all the old... old chimneys and stuff and and, and um where they used to well if fred um, dibner hadn't kicked them all down he hadn't, yeah <laughs> kicked <laughs> them all down yeah powerful man uh but then you've got these incredible views across to the pennines um and uh and it's sort of ep- quite epic landscape around it so what would you listen to of... if you were driving through it now richard what would you listen joy division. to yeah would joy you? Division. absolutely yeah yeah not new order makes... it would be joy uh, Division. yeah joy division sounds like macclesfield to me 
it weirdly and I know that's a weird thing to say but it just sounds like Mac Okay. <laughs> Max, Max, quite good these days. Because I, I, when I go back up to the northwest, a mate of mine lives near there, and we usually go out for a drink in Macclesfield. And there's loads of nice little pubs and things that, that have been kind of rejuvenated, and some good restaurants. So you get a good curry and all that. Um, this used to be a car podcast. Um, well, I was going to say, I didn't want to, I didn't want to disturb your dewy <laughs> nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got, I might dub on a ticking clock over that bit, so it sounds like I'm sitting in an armchair by a fire. Come on, gather around us and tell <laughs> you a little bit more about the town of Macclesfield. <laughs> um, what was I going to talk to you about? I know. Uh, I was. I have some questions for you because of some enigmatic texts that you sent me recently. Um, uh, the first one is you. You just sent me a message out of the blue last week or the week before, saying, "What did I say?" Ask me about Kestrel Super Strength, Airwolf TVR Man, and Mondeo Des. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's, I mean, you, it's like yeah. basically writing in code. I don't understand. I was dry. I was on a journey, and I used the voice. Um, activation on my phone as a, like a note maker and i uh, th- this is what i was you know the guy i was telling you about it was the same piece of road that that when we talked about last week about that guy with, <laughs> with no trousers on walking at, oh, the side, <laughs> walking at the side of the road which is uh. smart smart shoes on and and no no actual trousers um <laughs> The same piece of road, okay. I was driving down to to my folks' place in Somerset, where I did the podcast last week in 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 the home county, and I was driving my wife's Nissan Figaro because I had to take it down there for um for for some filming. That's the longest journey that the Figaro's ever done by a, quite a long way. So really? it's not it's not like I didn't trust it, but I had packed a comprehensive toolkit in it. Um, and it's also, as I said before, it's chronically low geared for city um, Tokyo yes, spec. Yes, I remember. Use. Yeah. So driving it on the motorway is a commitment. And remind I, me, that is a three-speed auto in that, isn't it? It's three-speed, but it's the ratios of, of said three speeds. It's uh, at sixty-two miles an hour, so a hundred kilometers. It's doing four thousand RPM. <laughs> And so if you That's... were to if you try and nudge it up to seventy, it honestly sounds like you're gonna get con rods, you're gonna get valves, you're gonna get cams just flying. So top everywhere. gear in that car is fifteen miles an hour per thousand revs. Yeah. That is quite low. It's it's very low. I mean and which is why it's a perfect town car. Mm. So I thought I'm not gonna drive it at more than four thousand RPM because I've had the engine rebuilt before and I, and it wasn't pleasant. And what I did do, and this is something I don't normally do, is I took with me um, some earphones and I put them on and I was listening to the, the radio um, through earphones. Uh-huh. And it was quite nice, actually. They weren't really tight earphones. I don't do earbuds because they don't stay in my ears. My ears are the wrong design. And um, the reason why I... I sent you that message is because Air, was it Airwolf TVR guy? Did I say? I can't remember what I wrote. Um, you wrote well, it's Kestrel Super Strength, yes. Airwolf TVR man, and Mondeo Des. So all on this, all on this, this sort of twenty minutes of driving um, in this segment. I had a guy at the fuel station um, pull up um, really aggressively, and he was like a sort of older guy that looked like he'd seen some pub fights. And his car was absolutely flawless Mondeo ST200, was it? Yeah, the blue um, one. The blue one, it was blue, yeah. And the number plate was just something, something, Des. Uh, and he looked like a proper Des. He looked like he might have carried a flick knife in the 70s. <laughs> you know? <laughs> when but the Mondeo was immaculate. The Mondeo was absolutely flawless, so it was worshipped. So wow. I chuckled about that because I thought, yeah, Des, like... A bloke called Des or Mondeo Des, it just works, doesn't it? <laughs> Mondeo Des. You don't get people called Des anymore. I mean, you do, but you, you, you I can't just imagine you go and see someone's new baby and go, have you decided on a name yet? Yes, we're going to call him Des. <laughs> you don't, baby do you? Des. It's just, it's I, just faded away without any ceremony, you know. It's just, it's, it, I, totally. there's certain names that people sometimes in newspapers or someone will make a bit of a fuss and go, did you know? There was only one baby called Nigel christened last year or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But Des, Des has no, been allowed no. to slip away. There's no Des. So I I, I, I check, chuckled about that. 
And then as I was driving with these earphones on, just uh, taking it easy, trucking nice and slow, this guy came came past me in a TVR, and I've totally forgotten what, what model it is. It's one of the... Would it be the 80s ones that I don't particularly like the look of with the backlights from a Capri? Or they look like the backlights from a Capri. I can't remember. What uh, they, were, they were SD1 lights on them. Um... But upside down. But upside think, down. Okay, so what was that? Is so that a, three, a 350? A th- no, it'd be a 350 or a, a 380. Th- yeah, 350. Okay, 350. He came past me, okay, but he only came past quite slowly. Hmm. And he was wearing <laughs> what I can only describe as helicopter pilot earphones with a mouthpiece. <laughs> full. <laughs> I mean... It, yeah, honestly, it was amazing. It was amazing. He was wearing full helicopter pilot head headcoms gear, and this thing was loud because I could hear it through my headphones. And he then he went he went past me slowly and then sped up. But what was cool was a bit of a tortoise and hare. I ended up going past him in some traffic when it all got a bit congested. And we smiled at one another because I'd totally forgotten I was wearing headphones for the first time in a car ever because I was listening to my um, radio app. And he was, he just looked like someone from Airwolf. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> but his car was so loud. Did he have the roof down or was, it, was this a convertible coupe? Uh, it, had, it was a convertible with the roof up. Ah. But it but... was, I mean, it was so loud. And he I obviously... was going to say. When you said a man driving a TVR with helicopter gunship spec headphones and mouthpiece, <laughs> it's I was amazing. About to say, I was going to say, what an ass!" And then I suddenly thought, I'm not going to call this guy an ass because he might be listening. After the experience of, of talking about a neighbour's car and then finding out that one of her friends listens to the show and has pieced it all together, yeah, that to was, my embarrassment. That was amazing. I'm not going to. I'm not going to start willy nilly describing TVR drivers as as anything. This could become a worry for us because Mondeo Des is going to roll up his sleeves and come around my house and give me a hiding. Well, I'd like to hear from Mondeo Des just to hear more about his Mondeo because it sounds tidy. Would you call him Mondeo? What about Mondez? Could you call him Mondez? (laughs) 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 The Mondezo. Mondezo, yeah, because he obviously loves his his high-performance Mondeos, hence the purchase. Yeah. Well, so that was that was Airwolf um, TVR guy, which I just chuckled about. But then I thought, actually, it probably makes perfect sense. I bet it's rigged up to a Bluetooth headpiece as well, so he can take calls. Yeah, well, that'd be it. I was told recently that there's a forthcoming, um, very high performance car from a well-known manufacturer, which is so noisy inside that they're going to have to sell it with those kind of headphones. Really. Branded up, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, the what, oh yeah, and the Kestrel thing was when when in amongst the traffic when I saw TVR Airwolf guy, of which the problem is is then I got an earworm and I started to 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 sing to myself the Airwolf theme tune because you just can't resist it. It's just that addictive. There was a lorry, a delivery curtain sided lorry with Kestrel Super Strength Lager adverts all over it. Right, and 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 I thought, if you're going to sell a beer, a lager, which is a bit too strong for its own good, yeah, why would you name it after quite a cool bird of prey? I'm just trying to work out why. Why was that a good idea? Kestrel. Well, do you think of it, a kestrel as being a bit of a, <clears throat> you know, bit hard, tr- trying on a bit, a, bit of a seasoned it, drinker? What? It gives it a certain majesty, and also they have a sort of beady-eyed thuggishness about them birds of prey don't they so also there is there was normal kestrel as well i think wasn't the kestrel was a whole sort of family of beer. i think kestrel is a family of beer but the super strength is, is where they just wound it up they just put the boost they, they put an extra couple of bar of boost into it yeah didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> i uh so that's the thing i just don't understand why you'd name a, 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 an uh, i don't know disgustingly strong lager after a bird of prey uh, especially a kestrel, because that's quite a small bird of prey in the world of yeah, birds the of prey. Yeah, eagle, eagle, and all those the bigger ones would have been better. Buzzard, buzzard, super exactly. Strength. Buzzard. That does sound that sounds a bit ratty somehow. 
buzzard. I mean, buzzard sounds like it's going to make your head. You'll have to shudder your head after every sip. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it sends you to. The, gives, you know what I mean? You're doing it. I can see you doing it while you're talking to me. Uh, so that was that. Um, oh, there we go. Now I have to. The other thing, which I think you mentioned on Twitter last week, which was um, uh, that you've got a, a story involving. A, was this Max Power when you had? A, there's a car, the band Goldie Looking Chain, and a terrible write-off. Oh these yeah, be the main component parts of this. Well, yeah, I'm going to shamelessly plug my my YouTube channel here because the 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 the, the current video as I speak to you is a one of an, an old electric motorcycle which um, I bought, and consequently got introduced to Charlie Borman, <clears throat> as you do, who's about to uh, release his, his his series of of, of riding a really long way <laughs> with you and McGregor. That's not what is it now? It's, it's a long way up this time. Long isn't it? way up. Yeah, it's. I d- know a couple of people who've worked on that, and um, it so looks it looks a good brilliant. Time doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and what it, next, though? He's he's done long way down, long way round, long way up. That's it. He's yeah. out of long way out, where he tries to ride a motorcycle to the moon. <laughs> Might be the only course oh, of action left. I thought you meant across the sea with the paddle. <laughs> long way out. <laughs> you know, they just go. They start. They start at the. They start at the coast, the the, the seaside, low tide, mm. like I let's say Western Supermare, <laughs> and him and Ewan, they just have to pin the throttle and they just have to like count. All the crowd just count and they go right. If you can do it more than a minute without sinking, brilliant. <laughs> There's no chance of ever getting to France. In fact, you you where you where you're going the wrong way if you go to Western Supermare. Anyway. But you know what I mean. So I think long way out would be just ride a motorbike across the water. Go long way out is yeah riding out to see so long way off is he's fired towards the moon on a motorcycle that's a long way yeah that is a long way out yes i mean he has quite crazy eyes at the best of times imagine his eyes when he's being launched off the surface of the earth by a rocket powered motorcycle charlie's eyes would be incredible Incredible. In fact, who needs Charlie's Angels when you've just got Charlie's eyes? Charlie's eyes. <laughs> but you remember when BMW put that sort of ring of light around the, the four round lamps as there? The angel, sort of the angel eyes. The angel eyes, but then yes. no car manufacturer followed it with the Charlie's eyes, which was modelled on incredibly big headlights, slightly scary. I, I think it's. I think we've said this before in a previous video or a podcast, but. You know when you try and have a stare off with somebody. I do it with my kids. If you try and have a stare off without mm. blinking or laughing, imagine Carl Fogerty and Charlie Borman having a stare off. Oh my god! It would just be motorcyclist laser eye off. It, <laughs> it would be. They'd almost be burn. They'd burn one another. One of them would burn from the the intensity of the stare. I I was going to say that only ends when one of them melts. That's just, I think that's that's going on for days. I think Fogarty's eyes could damage someone. He could look too much at someone and can damage them. I'm convinced. But he that. has, he has rather sort of kestrel-like eyes, doesn't he? he could have been <laughs> the the, uh, the spokesperson for kestrel super strength. He, he also has spokes, super strength. Uh, the spokesperson for a really strong fighty lager. I just can't imagine <laughs> when he's a. When he's a high-performance motorcyclist as well. I mean, there's 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 some PR issues around that, but <laughs> but the idea of a kestrel-eyed man promoting kestrel is compelling nonetheless. And he, he just they just have to put a line at the end of the advert where he just went something like, "Now remember, I never ride when I'm shit-faced. <laughs> trust me, this stuff gets you proper walloped." <laughs> oh, can we just do the advert for it, even if it doesn't happen? Should we just volunteer to make an advert? I just think it would be amazing. It would just be so good. It would be Carl Fogarty, like, riding flat out um, across some Yorkshire moors. Obviously yeah. no helmet or pads, because he's, just, he's no. probably got a shirt that's slightly unbuttoned. <laughs> and he's, and you know, you know, like a trophy truck where the suspension's doing all the work, but the body's just staying dead flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Fogarty would be like. And he's going, he's going <laughs> what so was like fast. a really low helicopter tracking shot alongside him, and, and he's just like crouched down, hair swooped back by the wind. But yeah, the wheels are just going up and down on this undulating Yorkshire road. I'll be amazing. But it's he's almost eerily like a- still. Yeah, it's almost like those spoof, um, spoofy um, old spice adverts which came out a couple of years ago, which were brilliant. Yes, and oh hey, 
and we don't even need to commission some music for it because I'm Carl Fogarty. Is Carl where's Carl Fogarty from? I can't even remember. Isn't he from um Lancaster? Is he Lancastrian? I think he might be. Lancashire. Yeah. Most most fast motorcyclists are from the north. Hmm. Um, from the north of England. I don't know if it's something in the water. but We need to make that happen, man. I think he's the face and the sound of Kestrel. <laughs> oh, Kestrel hey. Lager. Yes. Uh, talking of Lancastrians, uh, we've got a bit of, a bit of um, follow-up on last week's show. Someone on Twitter sent me um, a, a link to the original BBC show that made Fred Dibner a TV star which was just sort of a fly-on-the-wall thing, watching him bring down a chimney. And there was just an eight-minute clip that the Beeb had put online. Yeah. Um, because it was in a sort of on this day in 1979, I think it was. And it's just oh, watching Fred Dimmer Good year, a fine it's year. absolutely fantastic. And then somebody else put the link to the full show which is on youtube so if you if people are interested in more fred dibner and you should be because it was wonderful i was talking as we were earlier about getting misty-eyed about things dibner from your childhood i watched eight minutes of dibner and it was just like it's it was like being a kid again because i remember watching those shows when i was little and it was it was so gentle and he's so brilliant it's it's well worth seeking out a um a Lancastrian yeah. man dismantling a chimney because he didn't blow this one up. He's just taking it down brick by brick from the top. Really, just with a chisel and a hammer. Yeah, and it's him alone. He's got a mate who's down the bottom, and there's a brilliant bit in the eight-minute clip. There's a brilliant bit about why he explains that because his mate's an older bloke, and he's going, "Well, you, you can't have these young lads because you know, girl walks past, they're off. You know, they're not they're not looking out for you." <laughs> uh, or, or they're off, uh, you know, they're feeling a bit rough because they've had a big night the night before. Well, uh, Ernie's teetotal, so that's not a problem. You know, and it's just, it's, it's, uh, the whole thing is great. I, I would urge you to watch it. The other thing we need to follow up And if you've never on, heard of Fred Dibner, well, go- then, Google yeah. him and watch this. You'll get an idea of what we are talking about because he's a, he was a very eccentric. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. But utterly British man. Yeah. For good and for bad, I suppose. I saw someone else pointing out, uh, making a good point, that in a way he's sort of the spirit of Fred Dibner lives on in Guy Martin. Oh, completely. Completely. I I hadn't really thought about it before, but it's absolutely right. You do see the crossover. Yeah. When I first um, saw Guy Martin on TV with the boat that Guy built, I I, I immediately went, this is Dibner reincarnated. If he's interested in industrial revolution machinery and maybe wartime um, paraphernalia, that's Dibner. He just happens mm. to be, but it, but whereas Dibner was quite sort of slow and you know stocky and sooty, Guy Martin is sooty, but he's he's fit as a fiddle and he obviously can ride a motorbike around the Isle of Man TT without dying. So I see. I don't think Guy Martin's sooty. I think he's oily. Oh, do you? Well, he's always under a lorry, isn't he? When he's, he's always he's not riding a motorbike. Yeah. He's just under a lorry. And I, it's so, like you've all, I always, when I'm under a car, I always catch the sort of bridge of my nose on the bell housing or something. So I've got a stripe. <laughs> I've got like a crappy badger's stripe of mud, oily or mud on my, on my nose bridge. And you know what I look like? I look like I look like a, a, the sort of twat that's about to go and do a paintball uh, mission. But he hasn't quite put his war paint on properly. Oh, right. I thought you were going to say you look like a negative image of Adam Ant. (laughs) 
Adamant. Yeah, he it, talking of nineteen seventy nine. That's that's pure Adamant era, isn't it? Yeah. Didn't Adamant yeah, yeah. only have one good song? Because um, Stand no, and Deliver but, uh, was good, but the other one wasn't. Well, Prince Charming. Yeah, it was rubbish. That was all right. Ant music. That was all right. Was it though? Uh, it's I'm, catchy. Yeah, I'm not convinced it was very good. Mm. I'm convinced. I'm think Stand and Deliver. I'll, I, I can. He can have that. That's good. But the other one didn't he get? Didn't he get institutionalised quite recently? Well, in in this century, definitely he's had some troubles. Yeah, I think he at one point is the most bizarre thing. There was, Did there he was throw a, a disc break through a window of a pub or something? Something mad like that. Yeah, but he also went into the low. He, he there's a there's a charity shop not far from where I live actually in Kentish Town, and uh, there's this charity shop that's for the you know sort of Diane Fossey gorilla rescue type stuff, and. It was near where he lived. Right. And he went in there and became obsessed by it. I'm, I'm, I might be misremembering some what details here, but the gist was obsessed. that he, he became obsessed because he kept walking past his shop. He became obsessed with the gorillas. And he ended up like writing a song about rescuing gorillas and trying to give all the money to Gorilla Rescue. And they were a bit like, please leave us alone, Adamant. And what? then he threw a disc break through a pub window or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we, we've definitely got sidetracked. We've definitely got sidetracked so. now. Oh, so I was supposed well, no, to be so, talking to you about the goldy looking chain. Oh, yeah. Well, hang on. Hold that thought. I was just going to say while we're rounding up from stuff from last week, Matra Rancho news. Oh, um, never bored. One of, Matra of the two really. ranchos for sale in Britain uh, has now sold, it seems. The white one has gone, but that orangey one we were talking about last week is, as, as far as I know, last I looked, it was still that was still for sale if anyone wants to pay 15 grand for a rancho. Um, they do, and then, they need to then let us drive it extensively. Yes. Please. So, but then uh, that guy sent you scans of two rancho brochures which you passed on to me, which were absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, thank you for um, that. Um, I need to find his name. Bertie Redfern. God, you've I've got it here. You've got it written down already. You absolute. Yeah. But there's two rancho brochures, and I remember having both of them when I was a kid. When I was trying to persuade my dad we should get a rancho, and he he said, "Well, no, it's it's not. It's silly because it's not practical because it's only two door and it's it pretends to be four wheel drive and it's not. It's a fake." And you know, my dad had got its number, but I think he was missing the incredible attraction of a rancho to a six year old child. So. Um, we had all the brochures, but no actual rancho. And I realised from looking at these brochures that when I said the um, the orange one for sale, I was trying to tempt you because it had got a factory fit tow bar. That's I'd great. forgotten. All of them did. It was standard fit. Tow bar was standard fit. Tow bar was standard in Britain, certainly. This tow bar was standard. Because the interesting thing about the rancho, in Britain at least, was it was just one trim level. There was no farting about. As far as I can see from the brochures, there were no options, really, except early ones didn't have a radio. You had to fit it yourself. But, yeah, it just came as it was. I love that. And, um, I love, and that I'm, included I'm, the tow bar. I, I'm, I'm trying not to talk much about ranchos because every time we do, it plants a seed in my head as to why I want one. Ye- well. And what I could do with it. But um, we I, I can't believe the reaction we had to talk about because I thought they were, they're super obscure and that no one would really care. But we've had loads of communications on really on social media about ranchos because um well there's one that i realized only belatedly after we were talking last week separately about the rancho and the zara picasso is yes that they were actually designed by the same bloke were they or at least well near as damn it i don't know that um he that's brilliant he was um he was definitely responsible for all of the zara picasso because he did the... Um, what was, was his name Ronald Pickering? No. <laughs> no. No, his name was Antonis Villanis. He was Greek, and he worked for Matra, where he designed the Rancho and the Marina, apparently, sports car. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then he went to Citroen, he did the Zane concept car, which was basically the Zara Picasso. It's what became the Zara Picasso. So, yeah. There's, weirdly, that's a, a I did not know that. That's a cool thing. Yeah, um, and then, but then the rancho information just gets better and better. Somebody pointed out that one of the lead characters in Brookside, whose name I've now forgotten, had one <laughs> when Brookside started Brookside. out, and then replaced it with a Frontera. So, well, yeah. to people who aren't based in the UK listening to this, they're just there's so much confusion. Fred Dibner, Matra Rancho, 
uh, which might not translate very well. And then Brookside, a very, very lesser-known soap opera, TV. Yeah, well, it was quite big in its day, but... I when did it lost. stop? In the 90s? Well, I reckon it soldiered on into the 2000s. Do you? Yeah. Shall I look it up? In a sort of undignified way where they probably just started putting really massive scandals in to try and spice things up to no avail. But I um, remember the music was really... I quite like... I'm going to say this. I was young and silly. I quite like the music. I don't remember it being a classic. It was, it was a classic. Am I allowed to was play it? it? Or not? No. Because uh, no. of stuff. 2003, Rich. Yeah. 1982 well, to 2003. Not. God, that's a lot of uh, it's a lot of scandal and shouting and yeah. lo- love, love and hate that might, might have but gone But not on. a lot of ranchos by the sound of it because it got replaced by a Frontera. So. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the, the, the single most extraordinary rancher fact that has come out of the last week since we talked about the rancho Go on, on then. Previous podcast. Go, go. Tell me. Is that top celebrity rancho owner, not the guy off Brookside, Lulu. What, Lulu. Lady Singer Lulu? Lady Singer Lulu had a rancho and she crashed it head on into a Capri one night whilst coming back from performing in Margate. Seriously? Extraordinary. Wow. Lulu, Lulu had a rancho. And to me, I thought that's quite... I mean, that's quite interesting that I sort of feel like that suggests that the rancho was, you know, quite... Exotic? Seen as quite exotic and posh and cool. And I mean, I don't know that... I mean, I'm trying to think, what, what would you think Lulu would... I'd assume that in, like, in the late 70s, Lulu would drive a Mini because... But or, she or did that. She sort of she, did. She, 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 did she have children? Or has she had children? I don't know, actually. Because maybe it's her... Because don't forget, we've said this before, it predates the Land Rover Discovery... But it kind of was the, the, the Freelander or Discovery before they existed, mm. and so, without the four by fourness, which most people don't even use anyway. Um, True. So, well, she, we've got a Freelander one now because chances are the um, the, the reduction drive's broken and you've had to take it off. So, a lot of Freelander <laughs> ones are just front wheel drive now anyway. That's but, just brilliant. Um, she had a head-on anyway. collision and she's not dead yeah, in a rancher. No. Well, so so someone on uh, Twitter had found the newspaper cutting about this from the Daily Mail back when it was a newspaper and it showed the rancho really quite scrunched up but not not totally destroyed she got out with sort of cuts and bruises uh and then 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 they found a a, a footage uh, sorry a, a stock photo you know from a photo library of of the actual capri which was ruined so really yeah rancho lulu's rancho 1 ford capri of a stranger nil but um yeah, so there we go. Gosh, um, the internet just gets better and better and it's, better. You and see, better. when people say it's 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 evil and bad, sometimes the internet is a force for good, and in this case, it's it's just furthering the sum total of our rancho knowledge. Lulu, Scottish smouldering lady singer who did a thing once with Take That head on yeah. crashed a matra rancho yeah. when it was new. Gosh, well. Um, um, Maybe we should get back to the the the, the chat about um, the Goldie looking chain. Another oh if yes, you're a foreign listener. Another obscure. <laughs> well, you say this, but I've had I've seen at least two, maybe three comments on YouTube or things on Twitter from Americans going, "I know who Fred Dibner is." So oh, he's not totally alien to people overseas. Okay, all right. Well, I'm I just. Maybe I'm, I'm... Goldie I'm, Looking Chain might be pushing it, but I want to hear this story <laughs> nonetheless. Okay, so the Goldie Looking Chain story is when I worked on the Max Power magazine, I had an idea um, to build them a car and gift it to them. They, 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 they were... They just come out, I think, 2003, I'm going to say, maybe... Yeah, maybe 2003. And um, this has all come back uh, to light since the video that I put up on my own YouTube channel, Car Pervert, in the background where I'm Zoom calling Charlie Borman about electric motorbikes. There's Mm. a gold disc on the wall of my really scraggy, untidy office. And it's a gold disc (laughs) that I got given by the manager of the Goldie Looking Chain. Oh. And it's, it's the one and only gold disc I'm probably ever going to have. And it says, presented to Johnny Smith to recognise the sales in the United Kingdom of more than 100,000 copies of 
Greatest Hits, Goldie Looking Chain, Atlantic Records, 2004. So the 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 reason why I got this, I, I we decided to build the Goldie Looking Chain a car and gift it to them for a feature. And I spoke to their management and they were like, yeah, that'd be great. Keep it a total secret. I said, yeah, cool. We can do that. And we, I, I had it. Um, I got a company to 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 donate a trade-in Vauxhall Cavalier in Birmingham. <laughs> we made sure it was MOT'd and taxed. And then I got some professional gra- graffiti artists in Birmingham to paint it. Um, and that, and we did it in the Burberry check um, with a. Oh, with hang a, on! I remember this. Yeah, yes. you do, and it, we we nicknamed it the Chavalier. Mm-hmm. And the um, the the Cav then came back to us at Max Power. We fitted some neons to it, a bad spoiler, and we recovered the seats with um, shell suits. <laughs> so all of the seats had shell suit tops and their necklaces <laughs> around the headrests. And it had a numerous other bad accessories. So I then drove it to Nottingham to meet the band and give it to them, and we did a shoot with them. And I met the tour manager, I think, there. They were doing a gig that night, um, which I went mm. to um, in Nottingham Rock City. And it was hilarious. Well, when we gifted them the car, they were they they were really excited, and they... they st- they posed for a bit for the static pictures, but they immediately just wanted to get in the car. They got in the car and they just drove off flat out before we even had a chance to sort of discuss insurance or anything. And they, <laughs> I was really panicking because I thought it was going to all end quite badly. It didn't, though. Then when they got the car back, they said, um, oh, um, listen, we really want to use this for um, our new single um, promotion in London in about th- three weeks. Could you bring it down to London? I said, yeah. So I drove it home. Um, we, we did that. We, we, we processed that shoot. I wrote the feature. Then met them in London a, m- a month later, drove it down to central London where they were promoting their single, Your Mother's Got a Penis. You might remember mm-hmm. it. Great song. Uh, I think it samples an Eric Clapton song in it. Does uh, it? Yeah, I think it does. Um, Dear Eric, we would like to sample <laughs> one of your excellent records in our new track. Please give your permission. Uh, hello, Eric Clapton here. Can I just ask, what's the track called? Well, it's called Your Mother's Got a Penis. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> so then, the car, um, I get down there to the rendezvous point and it is it is mobbed there are dozens and dozens and dozens of people all wearing tracksuits and there's a whole team of roller skating girls wearing um, Burberry and um, there's a, a a Bedford Rascal little van you know or a Daihatsu Hijet one of those types that's that's painted like the A-team van right and the Goldie looking chain turn up and um I'm in the the Chavalier, and we do this procession with huge... I think it might have been the A-Team van had a PA system on the roof playing their new <laughs> single, and we just... We just road mm. we just roadblocked major parts of London at about 10 miles an hour as a procession. <laughs> it was really good, really successful. <laughs> then when it all finished, um, I had the manager of the of the band in the car with me, and, I, and he, they said, oh, um... Could you drive us back to Atlantic Records? I said, yeah, no problem. We were driving, and I'm pretty sure I wrote it down. It was Pall Mall. And as we were driving down Pall Mall, we stopped at um, uh, because a lady was crossing the road. Uh, there was a car in mm. front of us that had already stopped. And I'm telling you all this information because in a van, little did we know, behind us ran a red light and was looking in the opposite direction, not paying attention and didn't even hit Mm. the brakes and went straight into the back of me (laughs) in the Goldie looking chains Chavalier, which then went straight into the car in front, which nearly pushed into the lady who was crossing the road. I remember vividly hitting the steering wheel with my head because I don't think the seatbelt retracted properly. (laughs) The, the the manager of the car um, nutted the, the dashboard in the passenger seat. We both kind of went, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. The, the the sound was terrific. Got out the car and the boot of this Cavalier, which was a saloon, was vertical in the air rather than being horizontal with all the lights and all of the rear end was just pointing completely at the sky. It was 
it was like a hockey stick shape. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> the guy in the van was apologetic, so we called the police, got all that sort out. We got the car recovered back. I got it recovered back to the car park of Emap Publishers where I worked. I did have quite a bad concussion actually that day, and um, but the best bit was that um, the car still worked. I, I started it up the week after, and it still ran and drove just fine. So I took it to the I took it around the corner for a pub lunch. And it's still, even the brake light still worked. It was amazing. <laughs> even though they were pointing at sort of the wrong direction, it all still worked. So the car, and also the car, um, because of the crash of the car, we made the news twice. So the whole Your Mother's Got a Penis kind of PR stunt got some column inches, but then the sun got wind of the fact that the car had got written off on Pall Mall. And... Um, the manager took some photos and I think he must have given them to the sun. And so the sun ran the whole thing about the goldy looking chains, Chavalier getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then of course the car, then I, then my, my editor, which I've probably mentioned this to you before, my editor gets a call a week or two later from Burberry, um, Burberry's um, lawyers with, mm. with, a, with, with strict instructions to destroy the car. Otherwise, um, there's going to be some suing going on. So I had to chaperone the car to a scrapyard and I had to video it being uh, picked up by a crane and crushed. And Oh, no. Yeah, but before I did that, what I did was, I, uh, I, this was the days of handicams, but there was, no, there was no YouTube then. I decided, we decided to see how long the engine would last in the um, Chavalier. So I did a... <laughs> I got the I put the, the I got the camera rolling and I got in the car having not touched it for a week and started it with you're going to hate this with my foot flat on the throttle. Mm. I chopped the throttle down on the limiter and we just sat there and just waited to see what would happen. And after about 10 minutes of just nothing but um we noticed there was fire under the car and all all it all it had <laughs> done all, all it had done all it had done is, is set fire to all the exhaust rubber hangers because the exhaust was starting to glow. Oh, my God. And But the engine wouldn't die. So it still didn't die when we took it to the scrapyard. So so there, there's the story. Well, now, I've just searched for uh, Goldie Looking Chain Burberry car. And what comes up here? On Shutterstock, the um, photo library. yeah. A, a photo titled Chav Rally organised by Goldie Look and Chain, London, Britain, 25th of October 2004. It's a photo of this Burberry painted cavalier with a load of women sitting on the bonnet. They've got short skirts on and roller skates. That's Do you remember this? Yeah, this was, there was a whole procession of them with the skates. And GLC t shirts on. There's some more on the roof, and yeah. there's a load of people standing behind the car with. Um, sort of fake protest signs. That's that right, which says just saying, random stuff. Random sort of GLC lyrics. But in the driver's seat of the car, oh. leaning out of the window, I think sort of trying to flick the Vs and pulling a very strange face, is you. Uh, well, I I can't. I can neither com- confirm or deny without, <laughs> say, without <laughs> saying, without saying. I mean, it's a younger version of you. People might not... Immediately clock it as you. Well, it was. But that's it was, you. It was sixteen years ago. Sixteen years ago. So yeah, I'm going to say that scientifically speaking, you were definitely younger sixteen years ago. Than Did you I? Are have, now. I had silly spiky hair and a goatee beard. You got quite a, quite a thin sort of Beppe DeMarco style goatee beard. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. That's me. That's me. And uh, and I think you're flicking the V's. Or uh, you're just doing a kind of gang sign. I can't really tell, but... What did you type in? Goldie-looking chain? I typed in Goldie-looking chain, Burberry car. There's quite a few pictures come up. Most of them are the band. I can't believe the car got crushed, because actually you got some you got some use out of it before that, though, because there's quite a few pictures of it with the band in different places. We, 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 we tried to, obviously, get quite a lot... Um of use out of it and it was it was a it was a really cool PR stunt I mean obviously we did <laughs> we did the max power feature with it I um the the guys who did the graffiti yeah oh, yeah I've got I've got this picture up now you, yeah at the rally hey, Joe, there's it was, another one on, it's a lot there's of one fun. on Getty images as well is there 
Yeah, this was on Oxford Street. You did this. Yeah, we were we were right in the centre of town. And you're just on the Getty one. It's a different photo, same setup, but it's a different photographer because the angle's different. And the yeah, and my, women on the car are pulling slightly different aggressive the, faces. The and car got gestures, mobbed. and you're the, just just in shot pulling another face. I'm just being well because uh. in the Max Power era, you had to you had to always um, be overly expressive with your facial. Um, yeah, facial expressions. That was because, of course, it was all still photos. There was no videos, really. Yeah, for good and for bad. So, oh yeah, that is weird, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's. It's, there's actually quite a lot of photos of this car. So it exists. Yeah. It exists. Considering it had a a, it short, had a short life, but infamous. That's amazing that's, that you had to have it crushed. There, bless that car. I had a lot of fun with that car. In its short, the, the drive back from Nottingham was 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 a fun one. I remember. Because obviously people looked. If I had a pound for every time I'd heard the phrase the drive back from Nottingham was a fun one night, I'd be a millionaire. But um, <laughs> Anyway, um, this is probably a good time to wrap things up. Um, I'm glad we got that story, though, because I, I, was, I was waiting for that one. And also some closure on the cryptic text message about Airwolf TVR Man, which has now been satisfactorily answered. Was it satisfactorily? Then no, I was good yeah, to, it was, I was actually, because it, it was not what I expected, and that's always a delight. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> cheers for that. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you, as always, for listening to uh, Smith & Sniff podcast. Uh, please do like and subscribe, and then like again, just to make sure. Um, also, I have three pieces of information to share with you. One, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel called Car Pervert, with lots of excellent videos featuring him on there. Go and check out Charlie Borman and the Electric Motorcycle, for example. Number two, uh, I still have a book out called The Medium-Sized Book of Boring Car Trivia by Sniff Petrol, which is available exclusively on Amazon. And three, the only street in Britain where you can drive on the right is Savoy Court outside the Savoy Hotel in London. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. And it's because it's it's more logical to go in that way. And also, in the old days, it meant that the door... Uh, of a carriage where a lady would be sitting would be nearest to the door of the hotel allowing elegant egress straight into the premises also though it is the only street where you drive on the right it is technically a private road so it's not breaking uk law but it looks like a real street because it has double yellow lines and all sorts on it i thought we were going to have an argument about opal capitans and whether or not well, no, only it really because means you, captain or not. You don't believe me. I don't that think Capitan is captain in German, so that car is called. Well, it's not. That car is called the Opel Capitan, but in Britain it would be the Vauxhall Captain. <laughs> Such a thing. Was I just love. Happen, uh, <laughs> would anyone drive a car that's called the Captain? It just sounds. It just sounds. Well, there was the Opel Commodore as well. I mean, they were quite quite into their. Oh, of course, and the senator and what the admiral. So was the admiral? Yeah. Admiral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there All a, of those Sir things. Sir yeah. Cadet as well. But that doesn't sound so, so bad for some, <laughs> for some reason. Well, because it's spelt the German way. That's why. This is my point. Capitan isn't spelt the German, German way. I'm going to look it up. The cap- Capitan isn't German, in captain in German, I'm pretty sure. I just don't think We'll it is. come back to this next week once we've found some way in the world of looking up what foreign words mean. <laughs> if only such thing existed. Until then, uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Goodbye. Well, it's called your mother's got a penis. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.